0: to this Monday Thursday service. It includes Holy Communion. We want to be sure that you know you are invited to receive. And when we distribute communion, uh, we can begin, actually, if there are folk who are seated who would like us to bring communion to where you are, we can do that. And then following that, we will be up here, Seneca and I, so you can come forward to receive bread and wine if you would rather uh, come forward. This Monday Thursday is also significant in other faith groups and other religions. It seems that many are approaching this season as a season of hope and renewal. So, with it being the season of Ramadan, Passover coming, and our Sikh siblings also have a special day to day, which is a commitment to peace and justice as part of their celebrating a harvest. So we join our hearts with a lot of people from a lot of different traditions, and we do so driven by the thing that drives Jesus, love. Tonight we will be adding to our prayers uh, Francis McKenzie She is home recovering from a car crash. Her car is no more. And she is quite battered and bruised, it sounds, so we will be including Frances in our prayer. Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus, and drink supper. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and that he was going to God, got up from the table. He took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin And began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to Jesus, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For Jesus knew who was going to betray him. And for this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now, the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to The Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of our Lord. Won't you be seated? Grace to you and peace. Followers of ancient Greek philosophers, Zen masters, and followers of Jesus, they all have something in common. They pattern their lives after the master. They embody what the master teaches. Jesus invites his followers not to memorize a whole bunch of stuff, but to live an ethic of love. As the theologian Emerson Powery likes to put it, Jesus' whole life is driven by love. And so that's what Jesus calls his followers to do. But how good are we at that? There's Judas Iscariot, clearly an outlier. But unfortunately, in our history, there have been some who have been destructive to Christian community, sort of on the pattern of Judas. And yet Jesus, knowing full well The treachery that lay in Judas's heart still washed his feet and still served him. Chances are, most of us are a little bit more like Simon Peter when it comes to our motivations sometimes. They're a bit mixed. Sometimes we are compelled and driven by love, but sometimes we're driven by maybe something else. Simon Peter, even though he is the most vocal of the disciples, I'm not sure he's the most ideal all the time. You see, sometimes he gets things partly right, and then he sort of goes off the rails. He understands that Jesus, the master, is doing something that servants do. But then when he tries to learn more from Jesus, he figures, well, if I can have the whole of me washed, that would set me apart, Simon Peter reasons. It would set him apart as maybe the first among equals, as one of Jesus' specially chosen super followers. So you see where ambition sneaks in? So Jesus offers again a corrective. Love. It's certainly something that Jesus teaches. And when he washes feet, it is an object lesson. It's not designed as a power play, though. And even in the object lesson, Jesus is doing something that we can learn from. He does what needs to be done. Before supper or any meal, after walking a full day on dusty roads and near open sewers, people need to have their feet washed. So, this is what Jesus does. We won't be washing feet tonight. Possibly for a variety of reasons, ranging from COVID to pastor's bad back to you name it. But in other ways, we do wash feet. We see what needs to be done for our neighbors. Kids are going to get school lunches this week, thanks to the in-gathering on Palm Sunday at First Lutheran. There are hats that are knitted, There is food that is delivered. There are people trying to make sure that people have a safe place to live, something to eat, clean water, medicine. And so we try to live out our prayers of compassion through acts of compassion. That's a form of foot washing, it's a form of serving. I feel like I'm lecturing you about things that you know how to do already. I would like to lift those acts of service up that you do all the time, and maybe even the ones you don't even notice, as you pick up the phone, as you write the card, as you check in with people, as you give hugs, virtual and otherwise, you're serving. You're washing feet. In a few minutes, we're going to validate a little bit further this ministry that you do and sharpen our focus and our resolve to continue to love as Christ loved. Diane is kindly going to lead us so that you will be anointing your own hands and we are looking out for your safety and health by asking you to do that by self-administering, shall we say, some lotion onto your hands as a way of remembering not only that you are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, but that you sometimes receive the service from others and you receive the ministrations of your siblings. So this is what we are called into. We love because that's what Jesus calls us to do. We serve because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Here's where you should lecture me. This is work. It's not always fun. It's not always easy, but day in, day out, year in, year out, this is what you all as congregations do. I have a hunch that you know better than I that this isn't something that you do from a deep, inexhaustible reserve of your own goodness and strength. But it comes from God who empowers you to do that. Or as the writer of 1 John reminds us all, we love because God loved us first.